So I've got a cool little episode here that I'm going to share with you guys. Uh, I was on a podcast recently called Empowering Entrepreneurs with Glenn Harper. Um, and the podcast was an hour long. It was really just about building businesses, and we talked a ton about the golf room and just serving clients um, and dropped a little bit of the, the backstory and the origin story to the golf room. Um, and just kind of what we've got coming up, which we've got some major announcements that are going to be coming here soon that are going to be incredible. I'm so, so, so excited to share with you guys. But um, we took the episode that was an hour long. We broke it up into a couple segments. So um, the first one, just talking a little bit about some of the, you know, some of the entrepreneurial thoughts that were going through my brain when starting the golf room, which, you know, started as one bay in the back of a CrossFit gym in a kitchen. Um, and then it went to three bays, and then four, and then five, and then six, and then seven, and so on and so forth. So um, I hope you enjoy this first um, Stock Shot Secrets episode when I was on this podcast called Empowering Entrepreneurs. I would go check out Glenn's podcast if you can. You can probably find it on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy this first episode, and then stay tuned for episodes two, three, and four. And I hope you enjoy it. So the big question is this. How do passionate golfers like you and me maximize our potential and build consistency without having to try a new tip every time we hit the links? That was the question, and this is the podcast that will give you the answer. My name's Kyle Morris, and welcome to Stock Shot Secrets. Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, a.k.a. entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Well, everyone, welcome to another edition of Empowering Entrepreneurs, the Harper Company Way. This is Glenn Harper. Julie Smith. And we've got a special guest today. We've got this guy named Kyle Morris, a fellow entrepreneur who's the owner of the Golf Room and the Golf Room Everywhere, headquartered in Dublin, Ohio, not Dublin, Ireland, for all our St. Paddy Days fans <laughs> out there. Uh, welcome, Kyle. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, Joe. Y- you bet. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur who's always looking for an opportunity to put his skill set to use. He's one of those uh, psychos uh, like most of entrepreneurs. Uh, in his spare time, he dedicates his time and passion to his wonderful wife and children um, even though he has the stature of a soccer player, he has the skill set <laughs> of being one of the top golfers in the world, as well as having a panache for being one of the top 50 golf instructors in the world, as well as the number one instructor in Ohio. Is that true? Yep. Been, uh, I played professional golf for what would have been about um, eight to nine years, and then played 40 weeks a year in 20 countries with kids and wives, and or wives, wife. <laughs> There's only wow. one. Glenn almost, Utah? almost spit okay. his coffee out. Yeah, how about that? All right. Um, so we were living in Arizona and played 40 weeks a year uh, in 2014. And then my wife said, because we were traveling the first six months of uh, my firstborn, Adler, for his life, he was sleeping in hotel rooms. So he was born June 9th. We left June 23rd, and he didn't sleep in his own bed till the uh, middle of November. And then that next year, she goes, that's not happening anymore. So then we 
we moved home back to Ohio from Scottsdale, where I'm originally from. Um, still playing and then started teaching and kind of felt God moving me into a different direction, which is where you and I had all of our... And here we are. <laughs> and now we're doing this. Well, as a fellow uh, golfer myself, <clears throat> I'm uh, probably... I could probably get within 18 strokes of you on a on a on a round, um, but one of my you know knowing that the Masters is just around the corner, yeah. that means tax season's almost over for me. So that's how I've been man- managing tax seasons for the last 33 years. Is Masters? Oh, I got another week of tax season. Right, right. Um, so I I had took a survey and I found uh, some people and I'm like, uh, give me some questions that you would like to ask you know a golfing person like a yeah. Kyle. And this is what came back. So I don't I don't know. Is it true that when you were a touring professional, you witnessed so many hackers on the golf course that you felt compelled to give up your golfing career to teach hackers how to play 18 holes under seven hours <laughs> while straightening out their slice? Yeah, kind of like that. That's what you did. All right. And These then, are really Glenn's questions, right. by the no, way. He's really, he actually, he really they're just personal I, conviction I, questions. Right, he I goes, just, am I okay if I play at like seven the, hours and yes. shoot 110? <laughs> Uh, this is uh, this is not about me. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, do you uh, prefer to wear the tight fitting golf attire to hide your physique, or, or do you like to wear the baggy clothes to hide your physique, like we wore in the 1980s? Well, sun's out, guns out. So uh, it's you're definitely... one of those guys. All right, polyester <laughs> and the hell with the cotton. All right, I get it. That's what slows Glenn down on his golf game is the baggy clothes from 1980. Right, right. But they're so He's, comfortable. Yeah. The um, cutter and bucks with that they used to wear in the Ryder Cup oh, back in 1985. Ashworth's is yeah. so comfortable. <laughs> Ashworth. <laughs> Was golf an excuse to walk around chasing a ball while talking to yourself so no one would question you being an introvert? Definitely not no. an introvert. Okay. That would be one thing that no one could ever say that I was, was an introvert. Good. What's your dream golf course to play? Uh, definitely be Augusta. It was one of those things when I was playing. Um, I said I was never going to... If and I, I was offered it once and turned it down, oh, being a moron kidding. back when I was playing. And I said, if I'm going to go to Augusta, I'm either going to go at that point as a player. And then I was working. And then when I started teaching, I was working with a PGA Tour player who won. Um, and then, but that was the years during COVID and it just didn't work out and blah, blah, blah. But I wanted to always go as a player or a coach. But now, if someone asks me, I go, I'm going. I got to tell you, that, that is. That's an amazing conviction because that's like saying, hey, I, I'm that good. I should be down there and earn my way on there. Yeah, it was like a way to reward no myself. Someone. Yeah, that's so, so cool. But beyond that, what was your favorite course you played as a player? Um, there was a course in Montevideo, Uruguay that I played. Um, it was basically a, a course in the middle of the city, which actually just so happened to be the week where I walked the streets for about four hours and said, I'm done. So it was an amazing week. I like walked down the street with my bag. So imagine someone walking down the middle of New York City with your golf bag on. Seems kind of normal. Yeah, it's a normal thing. <laughs> and then um, that week I ended up, I I had to fly down there because I wasn't in the Uruguayan Open. So I went down to qualify. So I spent $1,800, flew 17 hours to qualify in which in the qualifier I have I'm, I had to go into a playoff because I shot 71. It was like th- three guys got in out of 145 guys, 44 guys teeing off or playing. Um, so I go down there. I have to qualify. So I'm either going to have to like make a birdie like in this playoff hole, or I have to call my wife and said, "Hey, by the way, I spent two thousand um, dollars. I flew down here. I'm not even in the event." <laughs> I'm flying home. So, so I ended up going, qualifying, playing, you know, I did okay. Um, but that was kind of the week where I just said, 
you know, I'm done. What was that aha moment, though, as you walked those streets? I think it's, to be honest, it was, there was some, you know, Wesley and I just having discussions, and it was hard for Wesley, you know, rightfully so. She had two young kids at the house under the age of two, raising them by herself, essentially, and I'm on the road 30 weeks that year. And... I was just like, this is not what I, I, and she, you know, this is not how I see the next 20 years of my life going because I want to be a father. So, um, so that was in 2014. And then that winter I started teaching, um, in 20, like December and January of 2015. And then by about a month and a half in, I was teaching like 20 hours a week, um, and it just grew faster than I want. But what really happened, which is really the people that are listening to this, what they want to kind of know Correct. about, was um, essentially the way it worked is when I moved home from from Scottsdale, this this buddy of mine, he was more of an acquaintance. He goes, hey, one of the deals with my wife was, hey, if we move back to Columbus, I need to be able to build like an indoor facility. One of my good buddies was Kevin Streelman, and he had like a man cave in his basement. So I said, hey, we're I need to build a man cave. Like you can't play professional golf and like hit balls at – you know, Sports Ohio or Westerville Driving Range, right? Like, they can't be my my way of no. getting on tour. So um, so when I came home, he goes, on, on my way back, he goes, hey, I've got this little place, like this little room that you could practice out of. And I was like, oh, wow, that saves me 50,000 bucks. That's amazing. And then when I was there, I started hitting balls, and he goes, hey, you know, if you want, we, we should get people. You could teach some lessons on the side because, like, you can only practice inside for – two hours and then like what else are you gonna do and then and then he goes and then he goes if you want we could also like get people to rent this bay out to like hit balls and practice and i'll just one dollar that to, in his words he's like basically one dollar is better than no dollars i'm not going to do it so if you want it we'll just split the profit 50 50 so i was like huh so like at that quick moment like my brain started to go like switch gears into massive entrepreneur mode and I would go to like restaurants and I knew that every customer that called the phone was basically worth $1,257 in lifetime value. So I would go to dinner like Hyde Park and I'd accidentally leave a like flyer or brochure in the bathroom thinking maybe they'll see it and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'll call this place. This looks amazing. So like I just started to do this and then I just went into overdrive. That was in the spring and summer of 2015 and then i went to him and said hey i actually just want to buy all your assets and i'm going to build this thing out and now we've got um i've got it went from one bay in the in a crossfit gym in a kitchen to then i opened it in 2016 with one bay and then we went to two bays and then three bays and then six bays and then seven bays and then now i've got which i will unveil soon down the road but i've got a really really big thing in store um, I took the whole thing online, which is called, which you had mentioned, Glenn, called the Golf Room Everywhere, where we have 18 coaches teaching full-time online. We teach 5,000 lessons a month all over the world. I think 17% of our popu- of our base comes from Europe. Um, I bought another company called College Golf Guide, which is kind of like a, it's another business in regards of junior golfers to help placement, to t- help them find their right schools. And then I've got, I'm in the midst of um, negotiating, buying another company, which could happen in the next 30 days. Do you, do you feel like so you should So Siri Entrepreneur <laughs> might be a good. Do you feel like you should get some help with this? I mean, uh, because this well, that's is. Why, that's why you're here. That's it. Because it's it's a funny thing when you see an entrepreneur and, you know, they get the, the bug and, and obviously the commitment to be an athlete of playing golf and what it takes, the mental grind to do that probably 
gave you, I guess, the confidence in your own abilities to go out and, and be an entrepreneur because you're like, well, I'm not going to fail at this. I'm, I'm going to just do something different. And I'm going to nail it. I mean, I, would I, you think, agree? I think that for me, and this sounds, I don't know, it sounds weird, but there's two things that kind of reflecting because I, you know, I, I reflect a lot about a lot of this stuff is that I think that for the business side of things compared to golf, golf was different in the fact that you could practice your face off and it doesn't necessarily mean you win. That you can't tell me that <laughs> everybody believes that they practice because to, the, to the podcast at the other day. You sometimes you have to be good, and you also need a little yeah. bit of luck. So um, for business, business was a little bit more like school. Like you know, I worked really, really hard at school. I never got a B in my life, and it was just like if you study, you get an A, and if not, like you're just done. so you got C's. Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you never yeah. got a B. So right. so for work, for business, it was kind of like if I just work harder than everybody. And, you know, apply and continue to study and learn and stuff like that. Um, I'll just I'll win the race because it's just it's kind of, you know, hard work actually goes a really long ways. And I think that the world, um, which is why the entrepreneurs that are listening to this, why they are entrepreneurs is there's people who talk about doing things and then there's people who actually do things. There's a lot of the world is filled with people who talk, but very few people actually do. They go, man, I'd really like to do that. And it's like, well, just. They never Man up and just do it already because you have to just like golf, like you have to have you can't have a fear of failing to where the point is you have to understand what the bottom of the pit is. So in my heart of hearts and soul of souls, if I go, you know what, Glenn, like if the golf room fails and the golf room everywhere fails and college golf fails and this other business fails, you know, Wes and I will just go live in a little 750 square foot house with our three kids and like God is good. That's okay. I'm okay there. Van by the river and you'll be fine. Yeah. That's all. You know. But don't you think though, you know, I think we see a, a there's a thing with entrepreneurs. You're yeah. never going to fail. That would I'll happen. I'll just find something else. You'll find something else. Yeah. And I think you're just going to pivot no matter what yeah. because you're, that's the way your mind works. Right. And I think that there's a little bit of correlation between um, being an entrepreneur and a professional golfer and the fact that professional golf, like you go to Uruguay and you go, oh my gosh, this week, if I play good, I could win a million dollars in four days. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And then you go with an entrepreneur, you go, man, if I just like change the the copy on the website and like create this like catchy headline, the conversion rate could go from 4% to 5.5%, which is worth like a million dollars. And all I did was change the scripting. And it's like – so it's, it's almost like this – I don't want to say it's like gambling, but it's like it's like there's just these little tweaks that you can do that change the whole thing, and then your life just changes overnight. It's more controllable, I would suggest. Like you, 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 more predictable. Yeah, I mean, I always say like input output. Like you and I talked about this. I would much rather invest in myself in a business and go and buy a business for a million dollars than put a million dollars into Apple stock, which I have no control over. Right. Other than we use their product. <laughs> and Hold on. I got to check my phone. <laughs> phone <honey. Bing. laughs> Other than there's three Bing. sitting on this table right now. <laughs> so. So the, the one thing about when you, you know, when people start as an entrepreneur, they'll go, hey, I want to be, I want to do this thing. And you, it basically was, I want to teach. I want to teach people. And deep down, it probably is like, the more I teach, well, maybe back in my mind a little bit, maybe I can find something that'll make me better that I maybe can try the golfing thing again. But ultimately you're like, look, this is probably my superpower is teaching people. I can motivate people. I get them to believe that they can achieve something better than they thought they could from an instructor standpoint. Right? Well, when you're running as an entrepreneur, don't you feel like, um, at some point you're like, I'm going to teach all these people 
And then you realize, well, I don't have any more hours in the day. Right. I can only teach maybe a guy like you, 22 lessons as an hour a pop a day. I got to have two hours to sleep. But and you can't do any more that. I know. <laughs> that and seems that, worse than touring. <laughs> I, literally, it had to be. And so at some point, you said, "Well, I'm tired of. I can't just do business and just mm-hmm. do lessons. I have to convert this to building a business." When did that light bulb hit for you? When did you realize that? Uh, probably in the fourth conversation you and I had. <laughs> God, <laughs> Stop what? working on in your business, Kyle. Start working on your business. Um, so yeah, for me, coaching really. You know, as cliche as it sounds, coaching and golf, golf is really just the vessel to um, pour into people's lives, to really form their character. Because, I mean, you can talk – there's a lot of things in regards to hard work, you know, the illusion of instant gratification, um, all these different things. And we have an elite junior academy, which is really the bread and butter of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're working with 40 kids. I see them 12 hours a week, and it's allowing me to really make it so that they're successful in life so they're not a bunch of sayers but actually doers. So – um, golf was really just the ve- is just the vessel for me to like pour into people's lives, um, and that's really the um, as Napoleon Hill says the defi- I think it's a definiteness of purpose mm-hmm. that I that I why I'm doing what I'm doing, um, and then to the point you're you're absolutely right of the fact of like your hours are I mean I'm booked through June. You know? I tried to get a lesson I I I, I was denied. <laughs> Just, you didn't make it to the website. No, That's I why. did, and it's like the Kyle does not work here. I was like, "What?" This, so, this yeah, awesome. so so uh, there gets to a point where you just go, "Okay, well, like I've got to, I've got to do more." That's why I keep doing this, these these you know expansions and buying business because I have to, as an entrepreneur, which I think most of us all are, I have to see what the ceiling is, and if I don't see what the ceiling is, I, I don't know even know if I can live with myself. So yeah. it's like I'd rather fail and see what the ceiling is than not try and just be be like I could very well just chill out and say, hey, like life is good. Like we've had that conversation. Yeah, That's just, never going to happen. It's an insatiable appetite. Now some entrepreneurs like to just do this thing and they're they're good with it <laughs> and they just milk it and it's fine. But other ones they're just they're just wired differently. And you're that guy, right? Where it's like everything is an opportunity. And look, what I want to go back to this one thing that you said. So golf is an, a, a most amazing uh, sport, bonding, whatever you want to call it. Golfers get it. Non-golfers don't. Mm-hmm. And if you can get in the golfing club of understanding what golf is, it is it is all about life. It's really about relationships. It's character. It's um, you know challenging yourself. It's overcoming adversity. It literally is a metaphor for everything in life. Golf is, and I think that's why there's such a popularity of it. Sure. And if they can make it so it doesn't take a hacker seven hours, it would be great. Right. But it just doesn't. It just takes a long time. And do you find that um, when people come in to get a golf lesson, this is this is what I find talking to entrepreneurs all the time or clients that they don't really want to talk about the golf per se. They want to talk about it makes them better as a person by being a, understanding golf better and challenging themselves and overcome the adversity. They come out of like it's a therapy session. I, I mean, I see it when I talk to clients. They come out like they feel better about stuff, and all we did is do this one little thing. Do you feel like somebody comes out of there and they feel better about life because they just talked about golf? I think that sometimes it's really depending upon the person and where they are in their journey. I mean, there is sometimes, which I think is really cool on my in on the lesson tee that is in in the lesson tee and the fact that I don't really care I w- I don't really care who you are right Doesn't right matter. like I work with some really 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 successful people and it's like when you're in the bay like I'm the boss and you're not so just be quiet right and 
there's something to be said about sometimes you need to encourage and love and nurture the human because they feel a little bit down and blah, blah, blah. And then there's sometimes where you got to be like, I don't know what world you live in, but like you can't, you know, like you can't not work and then still make a million dollars a year. Like that world doesn't exist. What are you talking about? I see that on TikTok all the time. <laughs> right. So like it's it's kind of um, it really just depends on the person of where they are and and reading the hum- reading them and their character and where they are in their journey of like what are the what are the words of life that need to be poured into this kind this person whether it's you know encouraging and loving or it's like no you actually like need to get torn into a little bit. 